How's it going, everybody? This is Mike Norris. I'm here today with Matt Hockberg of Hockberg Sports Marketing. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's great to be here, Mike. It's, it's going well. How's everything with you? Eh, I can't complain. It's Thursday, almost Friday. You know, Matt, Friday. we've known each other for a little while now. We always have meetings on Fridays, so it's kind of like our thing, you know. But <laughs> Thursday today, and it's, it's different. He doesn't have that Friday glow to him. Yeah, I was, I was telling Mike uh, right before we started recording, it's very strange to be seeing his face on a Thursday. So um, I'm, I'm not used to it at all. I don't really like it. We're, I think we're going to stick to our Fridays. <laughs> well, um, Matt, Matt's in a pretty unique field. Uh, for those who, who don't know who he is, uh, he, he does. I'll, I'll let you describe it. Why don't, why don't you just kind of take it away with everything you do and how you got there? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as Mike said, uh, I'm the founder of Hockberg Sports Marketing, which is a sports sponsorship agency focusing on niche athletes and properties. So essentially the whole thinking behind Hockberg Sports Marketing, uh, which was founded in December of 2019, is that a lot of the sports marketing industry is really focused on the 1% of athletes and on the 1% of leagues. So everyone kind of, you know, focuses on, on the LeBron James's of the world or, or Tom Brady's of the world. But in reality, those guys are not making up the, the majority of athletes, but it's really the professional marathon runners and beach volleyball athletes and Olympic hopefuls trying to fund their training that make up the majority of athletes. And um, for my work within the industry, I, I actually found it much more fulfilling to, to work on their behalf and to help them close partnerships and to grow their brands uh, versus, you know, securing partnerships, six figure deals, seven figure deals with NBA players and nothing against NBA players. I'm a big NBA fan, but it just um, was a little different considering the salaries of, of those guys uh, versus the livelihoods of, you know, a beach volleyball athlete who's very much living a standard everyday life and really is relying on, sponsorship dollars and um, you know doesn't really have the time themselves to go about finding these opportunities and you know they could be passionate about nonprofits but don't really know how to get started so really just uh, taking a look at those athletes and properties as well such as the ABP beach volleyball tour that we're working with and helping them uh, grow their brands and find and find opportunities. I think that's that's a good match because you know you talk about it from the the athlete's perspective but you know, also when you look at a variety of businesses and everything, I mean, not everyone can afford a LeBron James or anyone like that. And nor, nor is it maybe the best option for you. You know, I mean, sure, sure. You're going to, you'll, you'll get LeBron James and you get all the glory that comes with it <laughs> and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, what's, what's LeBron's engagement rate versus the engagement rate of a, a volleyball player, like you said, and right. if they're working extremely hard at it, then I would imagine, you know, that they're just going to put a lot more effort into it because it means a lot to them and they probably want to select brands that they really want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point, Mike. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's pretty interesting in the sense where, you know, um, some of these engagement rates to your point of, of LeBron James, who I love, I'm a big LeBron fan, but I believe his engagement rate, it's, it, so it's about 1% on Instagram. Whereas uh, we have actually an indoor volleyball player, who scores about between 15 and 20% engagement on all of her posts. Of course, she has a smaller following, but um, it, just, it just goes to show you that people are interested in her daily life and care about what she's posting. Um, and they're following her for a reason. 
So whereas me, again, big basketball fan, I follow all the big NBA guys, you know, but Chris Paul, for example, I love Chris Paul. I respect him, but I don't care what he's doing on a daily basis. I'm not going to swipe up on all of his stories. Um, I just, it, you know, it's a different type of relationship versus these athletes who, who are in these niche type of fields um, and, and the relationship between them and their followers and fans. I also, um, I think you hit on another interesting point, which is the fact that they um, are very passionate about the brands they align with and are, are very into these deals. You, you know, sometimes in the mainstream sports world where you're getting into these athletes who are making a lot of money, I, I won't say in every situation because certainly there's some partnerships where it's a great brand alignment and the athlete's super passionate about it. But I've seen time and time again in these, you know, mainstream sports um, where the athlete's just really doing it because the agent or manager presents it to them and it's a nice six figure check and it's come some social media posts, maybe a couple of, a couple of appearances. So why not? But with these, both these niche athletes, you know, we're working with women soccer players in the National Women's Soccer League. They um, are so excited to align with the brands that, that they do. And to be honest, it, it makes my life a little easier uh, when I'm working with them. You know, for example, we actually just um, facilitated a deal between one of our, um, one of our athletes in the National Women's Soccer League and a supplement brand. And without even me asking and without the brand asking, she put the brand's handle, she put it in her bio, which is like a brand's dream. Yeah, it's, it's a brand's dream for the athlete to do that, but usually it takes like 10 asks for the brand or the, or the, or the agent to actually get the athlete to do it, whereas this athlete did it without anyone asking her. So I think that's a good example of the way in which these athletes actually treat their partners and, and treat their brands that they're aligned with. Yeah, and, and you bring up an interesting point in that it was a supplement brand and I know that supplement brands, generally speaking, can have some trouble with, with advertising in general, just because, you know, like health claims and right. that kind of world and everything. So I would imagine that's, it's a pretty good opportunity for brands that might be, you know, in a little bit of those gray areas to, mm -hmm. to find someone who aligns with and represents your product. I, I think our supplements pretty big. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great point. Supplements are massive in the sports space. Uh, massive to potentially align with athletes. Um, in this particular partnership, I'm referencing what's even better about it, and something I love to do in a lot of the in a lot of the partnerships that we facilitate is that she um, plays on she plays on the Chicago Red Stars of the NWSL, and this was a local uh, Chicago supplement company, cool. which made it that much better for you know to have that local alignment. Um, it just made a lot of sense. But to your point, Mike. It's true. The supplement space is great for athletes. We definitely like to make sure that the supplements that are, you know, potentially going uh, to be being used and promoted by our athletes are super legitimate and high quality products. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that we focus on because to your point, there is a bit of a gray area and, and some of it, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing some of it in the gray area but we just you know of course like to make sure that what they're aligning with is of high quality and you know they're not going to face backlash from any followers or anything like that um so uh i think that's very important as well but overall like the the health and wellness space is really booming and what's nice about these younger athletes we're working with these millennial athletes is that they're very particular about who they align with 
they don't want to align with the Coca-Cola and McDonald's of the world. They want to align with brands that they're actually using in their daily life. And that's what I love um, to do is, you know, when we actually uh, sign on new athletes, we have them fill out a form of all current brands that they're just using in their daily life. And we'll go and take that list and then reach out to those brands, you know, because it's, 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 it's to us, it's low hanging fruit. Hey, this professional athlete loves your product already. Um, they're, they're, they're purchasing your product. It's, it's kind of a no brainer type of partnerships. And, and that's where we see the most success is when that, you know, I, I think the word is overused, but that authenticity uh, really comes into play. So. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I, I, to some extent, I bet the athlete kind of feels like in some ways that's, that they're proud of those, those brands that maybe they align with that are a little bit of a diamond in the rough that maybe mm-hmm. other people don't know about and they can help bring light to that and, and be a face of that brand and be aligned with the brand. And if they really believe in that brand, I think that's a really cool partnership. That's kind of multi, it, it's, it's beneficial for both sides, I would think in that way. I know yeah. for me, you know, when I discover something, I, I'd, I'd love to tell people about it. <laughs> people who's like, oh man, you got to watch this on Netflix or right. I, I found this on Amazon and it's this cool product and I'm telling everybody about it. I do that all the time. I would imagine maybe they do too. For sure. Uh, uh, they definitely do. And that's where, you know, so again, the best partnerships uh, really happen is when there is that authentic alignment from the beginning. So sure, you know, they may be required to do X amount of posts and X amount of stories. Um, but really, uh, you know, when it is already a product that they're using, it's when they really go above and beyond when they're, when they're, uh, posting about it just kind of organically, you know, because again, they're using it in their daily life. And when they're, you know, for example, uh, with the supplement brand, um, that's in Chicago and the athlete, you know, she was sitting on her couch, she was sitting on her couch watching the champions league over in Europe. And she was just snacking on the supplement and the supplement company's products and posted about it on her Instagram story. So again, that's, that's what we strive for. Um, that being said, it's certainly, uh, so easier said than done. Um, for a number of reasons, but, um, it's what we strive for, but there are also partnerships that, stem from you know maybe the athlete had never heard of the brand but it's in a category that they're looking for whether that's a plant-based protein beverage and you know maybe they're interested in that space but haven't really found the product well that's still great because then we can go we can go out to all the different plant-based protein companies and pitch them on our athlete who's very interested in the space maybe they're a new vegan and and they want to try out um some plant-based protein products so that's also uh you know super great and we found a lot of success there as well Okay. Yeah. So at yeah. What, what point would you say someone should, I, I let me rephrase. So where does this fall in a, in a brand's marketing mix? You know, like uh, what goals does this help to achieve? For sure. No, uh, uh, that's a great question, Mike. Um, so what's interesting about athlete marketing is that it really falls under influencer marketing, right? I mean, athletes are, they are influencers, um, but they're influencers uh, by nature, not, not by trade, you know, it's not like no disrespect to the, you know, kind of standard, standard influencer, but a lot of their posts are, you know, it's kind of a billboard. Uh, Their feeds are kind of billboards and, you know, I'm not saying it's not effective, but it's just different than an athlete who has trained pretty much their entire lives has gotten to a point where they're some of the best in the country or even best in the world at what they're doing. So, um, they're, uh, they're influencers, but in my opinion, they are the best form of influencer. Uh, 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 that being said, what's really nice about using them is that they can really fall into 
kind of different categories based on the goals objectives, right? So for example, uh, we've talked to brands where they come to us and they say, hey, we don't have any content. We just need content. We've just been posting photos of our products. It's a little boring. Our engagement isn't the highest. We just need content. Well, that's great. We can use athletes essentially as photo shoots, right? So maybe they are still posting and maybe that is a part of it. But the primary objective of that campaign would be to set them up with a photo shoot or maybe the brand's interested in, in just user-generated content and they're just doing selfie-style videos of how they're using the products on their bodies or how they're drinking them or eating them. And that's what the brand's looking for. So then the brand has that content. They can then go put that on their social feeds. They can put that on their website. They can include that in email newsletters and really align um, themselves with athletes who provide an instant sense of uh, 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 validity. So um, that is one example. You know, there could be another example where, you know, we're speaking with brands who want to increase their social following, right? So why not do athlete giveaways, you know, which is, which is again, pretty standard in the influencer space, but in my opinion, even more effective with athletes, because in addition to, and I'm sure if, uh, for whoever's watching this is aware of, you know, a standard influencer uh, giveaway campaign, which is, you know, to, to like the post, you uh, follow the brand and the athlete, and then you comment a couple of friends. But with an athlete, what you can do is offer private training sessions to give away as well, or signed autographs if an athlete is really a high profile athlete. So there's more you can do um, with athletes, and they are more versatile, in my opinion. That's super cool. I've never really thought about that angle, you know, and if someone's following an athlete, they probably want that athlete's autograph. I mean, if, if it's a smaller time athlete, well, any athlete, really. Really, oh, really any athlete. athlete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, last question for you then on, on my end, unless something else, you know, comes to mind. <laughs> At what point would you say it's good for a brand to begin something like this? You know, is it, uh, something that every brand should do, whether they're, you know, late in their, in their life cycle or just starting out? You know, what, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Then again, one reason why I started this company and, and love what I'm doing is because I believe that athletes, again, are so, are so uh, versatile and can really um, fit into a brand's marketing plan at any stage in their, in, in, in their life cycle. So for example, at so at a beginning, say, you know, it's a young company, a, a couple employees, a CPG brand, say, and they're just starting out, starting out some social posts, um, some paid ads. Well, athletes can fit into that paid ad strategy. Um, not only can, again, you reuse that content and put it in those paid ads, um, but you can also then um, actually uh, start whitelisting the athlete accounts and running paid through them. Um, and actually, you know, so it's still the same way you're targeting specific groups of people. Um, you're still running it through your Facebook uh, business manager, but again, it's whitelisting the athlete's account, running paid through them. And it just comes off as less, as less of an ad because uh, people just aren't, they're not used to seeing that. Um, for, and then, you know, take the other end, uh, for example, say Anheuser-Busch, um, they made um, Alex Rodriguez, uh, former baseball star and legend. Um, and I'm a big Yankee fan. So, uh, but they made Alex Rodriguez the president of uh, Presidente Beer, which is one of their beers. And, <laughs> and he became an equity investor, right? So at, at the other end, you know, uh, Anheuser-Busch Anheuser actually partnered with A-Rod on an equity basis. And now he's, he's the active president of the brand, which is pretty cool. So there's um, so many different ways uh, to align with athletes, but Again, that's what makes them so great because uh, they are extremely versatile.
Yeah. Well, we've seen uh, celebrities and alcohol pairing pretty well. Who was it who just sold their, I forgot who, he just sold his uh, vodka or tequila or whatever. Oh, um, I'm sorry? I think it was Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, oh, oh, you're right. I think that was Aviation Gin, right? Was that, yeah, was that yeah, Aviation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, yeah, yeah and, 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 and he crushes it. He really crushes yeah. it. Um, he's trying to do. Yeah, but, and, and that's, a, that's a huge trend we're seeing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, star in the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl winner. He just partnered with BioSteel Nutrition, a Canada-based supplement company where he became an equity investor. Um, and that's really the trend we're seeing on the high-profile level is these guys not just serving as, as, as pitchmen, and, and pitch women for the brands, but actually taking taking on equity roles. Um, one example I love is uh, Kelly O'Hara. She's a member of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, and she joined a uh, startup, a, a grooming company called Tame the Beast. And she actually, when they announced the press release, they announced her. I think her title was VP of Product. So how crazy is that? A star U.S. Women's National Soccer Team player is also VP of Product at a growing brand. That's like, you know, 10 years ago, I feel like that would be unheard of. Yeah. But in this, in this era of athlete empowerment um, and really them uh, as businessmen and businesswomen, as much as they are athletes, that's what we're starting to see. And that's also what we're trying to bring to these uh, niche athletes is sure, you, you may have a smaller following. Um, you may not be on ESPN every day with a million articles written about you with tens of millions of followers, but you are a best in class athlete who has trained their entire life and you deserve to be treated as a tier a high profile athlete so um we've even started to discuss some equity opportunities uh, with our women's soccer players and with some athletes in other sports because of the value that they can still provide yeah excellent and and one one other thing i know i said i was done <laughs> no worries <laughs> um one of the things that when we were working together previously and we still are, by the way. But uh, when we were... I thought you just fired me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had mentioned to me the idea of keeping everything um, organic to the athlete and right. not making things appear as an ad. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a little bit augmented by what you were saying with running ads on the athlete's account. Because then it looks like it comes from the athlete. It doesn't look like an ad coming from a company. Can you touch on that a little bit as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I meant to touch on that earlier. So um, I've been on both ends of the spectrum where brands come in, they partner with an athlete and they want to control all of the messaging of that athlete because they're viewing it as, you know, just another um, part of their marketing mix, which is true. It, it, it is just a part of their marketing mix, but it is completely different because they're dealing with with another personality. They're essentially dealing uh, with another brand, right? These athletes are brands. So when, you know, a brand comes in and, and tries to control the messaging and how the photos and videos are looking, it unfortunately, in my opinion, is really setting up the partnership for failure. Whereas on the other end, if you allow the athlete to take the content, how they feel comfortable taking the content, which will in turn allow the content to look like all of the other content on their feed and, you know, have that authenticity and have that be supernatural. It will just, I've seen time and time again, that content will perform better. Uh, the brand's happier with it. The athletes happier and don't feel like they're forced into the partnership. And again, that leads exactly to what you're saying in that authenticity and ensuring the partnerships are organic because if the athlete, you know, if it's a long-term deal and from day one, the athlete isn't excited about it, 
then they're not going to do anything extra. They're not going to go above and beyond to, you know, please that brand. They're going to do the bare minimum and just kind of be like, oh, like they're literally, you know, making my content come off as super inauthentic. Um, so that's super important to our partnerships and something we try to set the expectations to from the start is, hey, um, you know, we understand we have to, we may have to hit a few key points in terms of, you know, if you want to let the athletes followers know that there's, you know, maybe 18 grams of protein in this bottle. That's an important point. Sure. We can definitely fit that in, but as long as it is in that organic and authentic messaging of the athlete. Sure. Any other tips for someone who might be interested in dipping their toe in the athlete influencer space? Yeah. Uh, tip number one is to go to hockbergsportsmarketing.com <laughs> go to contact us now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, um, a tip I have uh, would be um, in addition to, to what we were just talking about, which is allowing the athletes to ensure that, you know, and, and allow their content to be organic and authentic, but, but really to, um, uh, to, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to put into words, but really just um, kind of understand that when you're dealing with athletes, um, Yes, again, it is under the influencer marketing umbrella, but they're athletes, and you know they're not influencers uh, by they're not influencers by trade. So it's important to understand that you know when you're dealing with them, their content it may be a day or two late. You may you may not be able to to get hold of them right away. Um, but ultimately, when like, when it's all said and done, you know these uh, the content comes out great, and the brands are happy and. So I would say for a brand that wants to get started to kind of look at um, sports overall. It's not just basketball. It's not just football. It's not just soccer. There are, you know, dozens of sports and tens of thousands of athletes. So uh, to really kind of cast a wide net from the start to be able to find your few athletes and to also know that you're not going to get it right the first time. You know, you're going to work with a lot of athletes. Some are going to perform uh, better than others. You're not going to drive thousands of dollars of sales from post one. So it's a combination of casting a wide net and setting expectations that, you know, it's not your, your, you know, your bottom line is not going to change overnight. Sure. No, that's good advice. Cool. Well, uh, go ahead and tell everyone where to find you and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, No, uh, this was really a pleasure, Mike. Enjoyed chatting with you. Kind of nice to switch it up. Excited to chat with you in less than 24 hours, actually. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm at Hockberg, hockbergsportsmarketing.com. Would love to speak with anyone who's interested and jumping into athlete marketing, even if you have a couple questions, more than happy to chat. I'm also um, trying to build up my Twitter following. I'm at Hochberg on Twitter, H-O-C-H-B-E-R-G. You can follow me there. I'll follow you. I didn't know you were on Twitter. Oh, please, man. Throw me a follow. I, I, I just eclipsed the 1,000 mark, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't get any engagement on Twitter, man. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I posted a picture of my dog today, so I was like, that'll do something. That, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get engagement. <laughs> that's all I got, though. There you go. It's a start. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All right, Mike. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye.